The History of the World podcast, written and presented by Chris Hasler. And this is the History of the World podcast, unscripted. Hello everyone, welcome to the History of the World podcast Unscripted with me, Chris Hasler. And uh, we're just um, having a little bit of a break from the usual episodes while we prepare for Volume 4, which will be coming in a few weeks' time. So we're going to have a bit of downtime until that uh, until that comes. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be broadcasting weekly episodes, uh, just a bit of informal stuff, uh, just for something for you to listen to and stay in touch with the podcast. So nothing special, but just... Uh, just a bit of a catch-up, really. Uh, I thought this week that I might um, begin to sort of introduce uh, a bit of an insight into some of the material that will be coming in Volume 4 and um, somewhat, uh, you know, we could call them spoilers, if you like. So spoilers for Volume 4. And uh, as usual, we'll be reading out um, some of your emails and your review messages, so We'll be we'll be doing that also as we tend to do every week. Um, so let's um, firstly focus on where we'll be going first um, when Volume Four does start um, in a month or two. The reality is that there are a number of places that you can go in terms of um, where you where you talk about the medieval world, and it's quite interesting to speculate. Um, what actually the medieval world is and and when did it start and and when did it finish um we can say the same kind of thing for the classical world really it's uh, these blurred lines between eras and it's really just the way that we categorize our own history um there was no one who sort of stood up one day and declared uh, the classical world is over and the medieval world has started and certainly some historians will say that the classical world ended and the medieval world uh, didn't replace it. Um, in fact, there was a gap before we uh, talk of medieval history. Um, and it's interesting to look at the events that, that are speculated about in terms of what was the end of, say, the classical world, for example, um, is often um, cited as the fall of the Western Roman Empire. But of course, the fall of the Western Roman Empire was not a complete, uh, complete redirection of Rome. Um, it was actually just a change of the rulers. Um, the the infrastructure of what was Western Rome in 476, uh, the date that is traditionally forwarded as the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Um, is actually uh, it's not it's not true to say that that Roman uh, culture and the way of life disappeared from Rome. There was still a Roman Senate, and people um, of the population did still identify themselves as Roman people. And certainly, there were people that lived uh, in Western Rome uh, and its uh, and its former territory 
um, after the fall of Western Rome, who identified themselves as, you know, or who we identify as Roman scholars. So uh, the culture of Rome didn't disappear from uh, from Rome when the Western Roman Empire fell. And um, certainly others would state that, that the fall of Western Rome didn't actually happen um, in 476, that it happened a long time before that with the Christianization of the Roman Empire. And they state that that is the, uh, the end of the classical world as we know it, that tradition of classical Rome where you had gladiatorial battles and that kind of thing. And, and uh, that, um, that concept of um, sacrifice, human and, and animal sacrifice, that uh, really isn't um, a aspect of Christian ways of life. So, um, so that classical culture disappeared uh, with the Christianization of of the Roman Empire, you know, almost two centuries before the fall of Western Rome, um, the same can be sort of said for the for the end of the medieval period. And one of the uh, one of the things that is cited as as the end of the medieval period, al- alongside such things as the the invention of the printing press um, and uh, the the proliferation of gunpowder for example um, is also um, the uh, the fall of Constantinople in 1453 and um, I think the the first part of volume four is really geared towards the uh, how you know the build-up of of that uh, theater of conflict in world history and of course, um, the the fall of Constantinople involved the Byzantine Empire and the Ottoman Empire. So really, we have to investigate before we can get to that point uh, how the Byzantine Empire and the Ottoman Empire came about. Now, the Byzantine Empire, um, when we consider what we covered in Volume Three, is is quite simple in actual fact. So we know that the Roman Empire split into two halves, Western Rome, Eastern Rome. Western Rome fell and Eastern Rome evolved to become the Byzantine Empire. It's really that simple. So all we need to do in Volume 4 is track the entire history of the Byzantine Empire from its origins when Western Rome fell and Eastern Rome could be considered as a distinct Roman entity. Um and uh, right the way through all of those centuries through until the 15th century um, and um, essentially the the fateful um, year of 1453. It's much more complex when we want to look at the opposing uh, side in this conflict, the Ottoman Empire. Uh, because of course there was, uh, we were a long way from the Ottomans when we were talking about the fall of the Sasanian Persians, which were the uh, the dominant culture of Asiatic lands directly east of Europe in the Near East, and um, which we refer to nowadays pretty much as the Middle East. And uh, this is really the the centre of of Arabian culture now, um, and Arab culture in terms of uh, the worldwide. Uh, proliferation of Islam. Uh, we really look at the Middle East as as central to that now, and uh, this this land was 
essentially the land of the Sasanian Persians. So we have to follow the story of how the Sasanian Persians fell, which we did cover in Volume 3, when uh, the rise of Islamic caliphates um, took place. And this is the story that we'll be sort of covering quite early on in Volume 4, also alongside the Byzantines. So in order to get to that point, we have to look at the earliest Islamic caliphates, such as the Umayyad and the Abbasids, um, before we then venture into a period of um, investigating the expansion of, of Islamic caliphates to the point where they were really um, overstretching themselves and, and, they, and it did start to fracture, which gave an opportunity to another type of peoples who we've very briefly mentioned that were just starting to emerge. So uh, we, we have to go to the uh, Asiatic steppe um, to pick up this story. So previously we've talked about we've talked about the Scythians and we've talked about the Huns um, as being the uh, the steppe people who the people of um, Eurasia or Eurasian um, cultures recognised. The next group really were the Turks and the Turkic people. Um, who were the next culture to really emerge from the steppe that the Eurasians encountered. And um, one of the things that they would do is, um, is threaten the Arabs uh, to the point uh, where they would actually somewhat take over their land. They were the Seljuk Turks, the, the original ones, and they, um, they converted to Islam. Um, so uh, we can see Islam was now... Um, making its way away from uh, like Arabian peoples and, were, and, and there were conversions now going on, uh, which is um, pretty much why Turkey is an Islamic country today. So where the Turkic people um, bedded down, how they actually took over at Anatolia and became um, the culture that we recognise still there today. Um, and um, what happened in order for the Ottomans to take over from the Seljuks and um, bring us up to that uh, period of uh, the, well, the fateful period of 1453, the fall of Constantinople. So that's one of the, uh, one of the primary focuses of the early volume four, uh, the Byzantines and the Ottomans. And of course, we're going to have to invest some degree of time into Persian lands, Arabian peoples and Turkic peoples to get there. Uh, but then we'll also be tracking the story of the Byzantines as well right the way through. Um, we'll also be looking at some of the battles as well as ever. It's going to be quite battle thirsty, um, the, the medieval period as uh, it's going to be no surprise wherever we go in the world there's going to be considerable amount of battles and so battle episodes are going to be quite prominent in volume 4 so if you like the battle episodes that will be good news but don't forget that when we do the battle episodes there is a considerable amount of background history uh, which you don't get from the regular episodes so when we're investigating the parties involved in battles, we do look at their cultural history. So they do sort of double up very much as, as a historical information podcast as well. 
Um, so don't be too dismissive. If you see a battle episode, we're not just focusing on the battle of the day. We're looking at the background and the aftermath as ever. Over the coming weeks, we'll be looking uh, more closely at some of the things that we can look forward to in Volume 4. So I'll be sort of uh, revealing more and more spoilers uh, in those episodes where I'm not talking about any specific subjects such as this one. Uh, also uh, coming up uh, before Volume 4, we may have one or two special episodes which are created uh, for patrons of the podcast. So uh, people who have contributed significant amounts to the podcast are always invited to um, commission a podcast episode on their on the subject of their own choice. Um, one of the um, one of the subjects that I will be making a podcast episode on before Volume Four starts will involve medieval Iceland. Now, Iceland we don't often talk about in history, and and sometimes I find that in historical sources that Iceland can be a bit of an ignored entity when talking about European history. It's sort of the forgotten place, the forgotten island. And um, this is it's, it's quite sad, really, when you consider how much Icelandic um, writers contributed to our knowledge of the history of Northwest Europe, especially Scandinavia and even the British Isles. Um, there's some considerable work that comes out of Iceland, um, no less the sagas, um, which are viewed upon with great uh, trepidation, considering how uh, fantastic some of the texts are, but they certainly are based on historical fact. So uh, they are a vital uh, reference point for, uh, for our knowledge of history during the period of around a thousand years ago. So it will be interesting to cover that in one of our podcast episodes. I'm not going to reveal exactly uh, what it's going to be about. I'm going to save that intrigue uh, for a few weeks' time. Okay, let's move on to some listener messages. Uh, The first one is from Rob Droney, who's put, Chris, I find your focus on the excellent presentation of the material in your podcast refreshing. After having changed careers where I now spend hours driving each day, I began exploring podcasts. I soon learned that most podcasts fall into three categories. First, self-promoters who simply like to hear themselves talk. Second, people who have a particular bias and agenda. Lots of overlap between uh, these two categories. Lots of them, I I would suggest that, I should say. Third, And this is the extreme minority of podcasters out there, those who present the material in a matter-of-fact, well-presented format. I consider you're in the third category. Your accent has not been a problem at all, um, and quite frankly, I enjoy your methodical, deliberate tone of voice that some might consider monotone. I hope I'm not monotone. It's enjoyable in contrast to the sensationalistic and emotive tone of many podcasts out there. Perhaps I am a bit monotone, perhaps. Um, In addition to your podcast, my two other favourites are Literature and History by Doug Metzger and Philosophise This by Stephen West. There are a couple of others that I listen to on and off, but these three are my favourites. I've been trying to find a really good science podcast without bias or agenda. Please let me know if you have any suggestions. Um, Well, Rob, I, I don't listen to science podcasts, sadly, so... I'm not in a good position to offer any advice 
um, on science podcasts, I'm afraid. Um, if any of uh, our listeners do listen to science podcasts and would like to recommend a science podcast to those of you out there who do like listening to science podcasts, then please, please do. Please write in to me and I will broadcast next week your favourite science podcast. So I'll look forward to hearing from you and maybe we can give Rob some uh, advice as to uh, good science podcasts that he can listen to. Thanks for the message, Rob. Moving on, Mark Cox. Thanks, I appreciate your podcast. I just listened to a podcast from prehistorypodcast.com. Her prehistory account is very thorough, but your addition of everything past the Neolithic has caught my attention. The quest of mine started a year ago. The internet is full of information. The problem is that it isn't all good information. I am just past agriculture, which is covered on prehistorypodcast.com quite well. I urge you to give it a, li a listen. I have my own opinion about the ties between the homo species, but the important thing is that everyone knows what evidence there is. People can come up with their own ideas and test them. I'm not going to know the answers to most of my questions and have accepted it. The fun comes in the process of figuring it out. I am rambling. Thanks again and don't be afraid to start the conversation. My background is construction, electronics and software, chemistry and amateur astronomy. I, if you can help, if I can help with anything, just let me know. Um, yeah, well, um, and then and then I think he, I think Mark, you suggested maybe uh, becoming a patron to the podcast, and, and and I'll give you some information about that later in uh, um, as I'm closing this episode down. But uh, thank you very much for the. Uh, email mark and I've not had the pleasure of listening to prehistorypodcast.com um, but um, you're not the only person to have suggested it so maybe it will be worth a listen I'm not, I'm not sure who the presenter is maybe someone can tell me a little bit more about that um, but then um, also we got a message this week from Mark Rocks who said I think I sent a message on your blog but I am not sure. I thank you for your podcast. I've been searching for information on the first civilizations for over a year. I found prehistorypodcast.com um, and it provided in a week what I was able to find in a year by asking questions on the old Google. Her podcast led me to yours because I want to know how prehistory led to history. Your podcast is pretty excellent. You are clear, concise and have one of the better UK accents. Um, I'm a chemist by trade, but I'm into all sciences. Um, well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the message. And um, I did send you a personal message in response um, because the, the actual uh, message you sent me was, was rather longer than the one that I read out. And, and I, th I felt that some of the stuff on there was probably not, not something that would have been suitable um, to be broadcast publicly. Uh, as you did mention a couple of personal things and uh, and so I've, I've personally responded to that uh, but I thank you for your message Mark and I really do appreciate it and uh, wish you all the best now we did mention that um, someone was asking whether they could be a patron of the podcast and, and regular listeners will know that that's altogether possible and they will also know that when they do make a contribution to the podcast that they are inaugurated into the History of the World podcast Illuminati, which is a special club that is formed exclusively 
by the History of the World podcast to uh, show appreciation to its financial benefactors. And uh, it's nothing to do with any kind of uh, underground um, society that's, uh, that's trying to overthrow world governments or anything like that. It really is just a friendly little group of people who are given recognition and that's what the History of the World podcast Illuminati is. And, and we do have some new members to, int- to, uh, to introduce this week into the Illuminati and they are people who have um, who have made financial contributions to the podcast and as such can qualify for the rewards that are available. And if you want more details of those rewards, you can go to the Patreon website, which you can access through the historyoftheworldpodcast.com website. And uh, the new members of the History of the World podcast Illuminati are Dakota Clever or Cleaver. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce your second name. I apologise. Uh, Stephen Bender, Chief Brody is a, is also now a member. Uh, Kevin Premel, I hope I've pronounced your name nearly correctly, and Comrade Barsky. While I'm there, I've also got um, one that's come through. Ah, Susan Lisk is also a member, but the Susan has um, chosen to contribute towards uh towards the podcast through a different platform so i had to go and look her name up so i apologize for that but all six of you are very very welcome into the history of the world podcast illuminati your support really does help me to make better quality podcasts and uh, the investment that i make into literature and uh, equipment is is paramount in that in that quest of mine to to make a concise history of the world that spans um, all the eras from the prehistoric right up until the modern age. So thank you, one and all, and um, I shall be in touch with each of you shortly to let you know what rewards you've qualified for. Okay, let's uh, let's head over to the reviews forum now. Uh, K M Myers, forty eight, from the United States of America, has written. I came across this podcast after accepting a middle school social studies teaching position and wanting to learn more about world history in preparation for my new job. I could not be more thrilled with how the information is presented in this podcast. Most of all, I appreciate the humbleness by which the information is presented. Mr Hasler constantly reminds the listener that history can be created, distorted, manipulated, etc. and that we can never be 100% certain of the accuracy of the stories we read, hear and tell. I will take this lesson into the classroom with me to teach my future students the complexity of studying and interpreting the past and how it affects our present and will be a contributing factor in our future. Thank you for taking on this labour of love, Mr Hasler. Your passion and effort is appreciated and has a far-reaching effect than you probably even know. Keep up the great work. Uh, very, very nice review that. Very um, good review. Thank you so much. Uh, Linda B23 has written fascinating. I have had an interest in prehistory and ancient history since my school years. The History of the World podcast has lit that flame again. Thank you, Chris, for sharing your love of history with the world. Well, 
I'll tell you what, I, I really do, uh, I love the warmth that I feel in return for the work that I do, um, and, it, and it's great that we get to share these fantastic stories together and, 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 and all get pleasure from it, because essentially, really, the study of history is, you know, it is a lesson in itself to us all. Um, it uh, teaches us how to probably look at the world in a very, uh, in a very, uh, open-minded way but it also should be fun it should be fun to study it and listen to it for me it's a leisure pursuit so um, all the things that I do that link to history uh, essentially they're fun to do so um, that's always uh, always the the name of the game really is to enjoy history and um, certainly to enjoy knowledge and uh, is there's nothing it's nothing worse than someone telling you what to think. So it's much better to present the information and let let everyone enjoy um, divulging uh, their own thoughts about what they think happened and, and even sharing them. And, and I encourage everyone to come and join in the podcast social media to share their thoughts as well. So thank you so much. Anyway, that's it for this week. Going to sign off now. And uh, we'll be back again next week with some more unscripted stuff. Um, And uh, once again, we'll be uh, probably looking forward to volume four. So, uh, but there'll be more news next week. Anyway, thank you. Have a great week, everyone. And don't forget to be good. Come to the History of the World podcast.com and join all the other hot welders on our wide range of social media. Why not support the podcast by clicking the Patreon link or buying me a book and becoming a lifelong member of the History of the World podcast Illuminati? Drop me a line at historyoftheworldpodcast.mail.com and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. See you next time.